Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Hello, listeners. It's Nicole Giantonio, the founder of Left Foot, and I'm here to announce that our 12 audio-based business development challenges are now available. 12 practical, execution-oriented steps to predictable success. Part of the Left Foot GPS growth practice solutions for business development. Go to leftfoot.com GPS for details. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today's guest drives her firm's global initiative to innovate delivery of client services, including new ways of training and developing associates and new processes and technologies to drive efficiency and collaboration within the firm. She also spearheads the development of custom technologies that enable clients to streamline and better manage their legal operations. Prior to her current role, she was a partner in her firm's commercial litigation group and a trial attorney focused on software licensing and IP litigation. Brian Cave, Chief Innovation Officer, Katie DeBoard, welcome to Left Foot. Hi, Nicole. It's great to be here. Great to have you as a guest on our program, Katie. Let's jump right into our questions. Which of your personal strengths or habits have allowed you to be successful in both developing business as a litigator and leading the innovation efforts within your firm? I was actually recently asked that question and and I thought about it a lot. And I think one of the key attributes for both is that I'm very competitive. I like to win. I like to make sure that I'm at the you know top of the game, whether it's in trial work or whether it's in you know redefining how our firm is delivering legal services. I think that competitive nature is one of the key aspects. And then the second one, I've always loved knowing people and expanding my network. And I have just this curiosity for people and what they do in, in their various industries. And I think in both positions and you know, particularly now, those relationships are incredibly important to kind of grow your own framework and grow what you know to be true about the world. So competitiveness, relationships, the ability to create them, and then, of course, use them appropriately in your business. Talk more about the competitiveness. Does that have you wanting to be more bleeding edge or more comfortable in the leading edge in the space? I think for me, what it means is doing things that truly impact how clients work with their lawyers and how lawyers work with their clients and things that are repeated by other lawyers because they see what's happening and they see what we're doing works and what we're doing is sort of changing the expectations of clients. In terms of the competitiveness, it's not the, I want to get out there and be the first to license X software so I can get a press release. It's not about that per se. It's more about really substantively changing how the definition of lawyering is occurring at every level. I think about that a lot, right? There's so much change going on. There's so much disruption and just trying different things and getting out of this is the way we've always done it. That's the way we're going to continue to do it, which leads me to another question. Obviously, you have to bring others along with you. And I'm sure that lends to some interesting conversations. Is there any guidance you can give to our listeners who are trying to implement innovation, trying to lead their teams or their organization? What's worked for you as far as bringing others kind of into the forefront with you as far as change is concerned? One of the single most important things that has helped me and facilitated innovation initiatives generally within our firm is that we have a really long culture 
culture of innovation. I mean, going back to the early 2000s, we had an R&D lab and we're investigating and doing things differently. And so people, even the older quote unquote partners in the firm grew up with innovation as a core value and as something that they associate the firm with. I think that it is critical in a law firm really of any size for innovation to be valued from the top down. That doesn't mean it has to be understood completely, but it has to mean that leadership understands why it's important and values, you know, proofs of concept and prototypes and the efforts to really try different things to change the way people are doing things. And to have that leadership support. So it's so critical. Switching gears and kind of stepping back to your time as a litigator, you know, at Brian Cave, obviously, if that's been the culture. So were you able to use the innovation when you were growing your account base, when you were growing your practice? How did innovation play in those discussions? You know, it's interesting. So I lateraled over to Brian Cave in 2012 from another firm. And, you know, in that other firm, we were constantly having discussions about ways to do things differently, ways to structure people differently. And and when I came over to Brian Cave in 2012, soon thereafter started having those conversations as well. Our global head of litigation at the time put together a commercial litigation innovation committee of partners. And I was on that committee of seven partners. And I think through that experience, I was exposed to resources and assets that the firm had. You know, what I found was that it's very difficult to innovate on the side when you're in the middle of trial and when you're in the bunker, you know, fighting the fights of litigation or, you know, a merger, whatever your practice area is. And I think one of the big challenges of innovation is you need to have someone with the bandwidth to really understand what's happening in the marketplace and understanding, you know, where the opportunities are, where the firm's strategy aligns with those opportunities, and then the bandwidth to actually pursue them and flow them out. And so what I would say is I was certainly attuned to it and I was, you know, focused on it, but not even close to the degree that I am now. Right, where you have that opportunity. So let's fast forward to today. You're working with the partners within the firm and their goal to do things for their clients and, of course, retain those clients and grow those clients, not lose to other firms and to other outside legal services organizations. What are you seeing today in the presentation to clients, in the presentation to potential new clients that you would say is a result of the innovation that's been rolled out, where basically those clients are saying, this firm is doing things the most efficient way. When I started in this role, I did an inventory of what really differentiated us. And what I concluded is we have two groups, the client technology group and the practice economics group that's been within our firm for almost two decades. And essentially, it's a combined team of business analysts, software developers, actuaries, and other finance professionals, data scientists, and lawyers. And what they've done over time is essentially start building tools and identifying gaps and processes to help clients with their legal operations. And of course, the term legal operations has become far more ubiquitous 
in the past couple of years and people are really starting to focus on it. But what I identified is that we have unbelievable depth and skill sets in helping law departments with their operational challenges. And we have technology that facilitates that as well. And so we branded that work under a division called BC Exponent. And what I would say is that when we speak to clients about our ability to help our clients, not just with their peer legal issues, but help them operationalize legal advice within their company, help them manage their matters and contracts and help them get some sanity with all of that. That's where clients are like, wow, I didn't know any firm is doing this. And this is where we're bleeding. And this is the kind of help we really need right now. And now a word from our sponsor, Nicole here, and a shout out and thank you for tuning in to the Left Foot Podcast. Are you looking to energize your business development efforts? Our 12 Left Foot Business Development Challenges will energize your efforts in three areas. Business Development Grit, tactical habits that lead to business development success, including networking, nailing your niche, how to focus and develop an expert reputation, commercial savoir-faire, a discussion on business and the revenue side of law. At Left Foot, we believe 20% of people are natural at business development, 10% say no to business development, and 70% are neutral and can adopt the skills necessary when presented in an organized, methodical way. To learn more and be challenged, go to the GPS page at leftfoot.com. If you could share a success story where you, either through your efforts, through the efforts of your practice, you were able to either secure a new client or grow your relationship with a client based on an effort that you felt was the result of innovation or really was the result of good work on your part or your team's part? I mean, I think there's a lot of those, but a more recent example that was really fun. We went to a client. There was a relationship with one of our lawyers. We did not represent this client. You know, a team went to go meet with the client to potentially pitch the firm. And when we all first sat down, the client said, it's really great to meet you guys. And it's good to know who you are and and what you do. And you seem like great lawyers, but we're kind of locked in with our lawyers that we have. And then the conversation turned to what is your law department trying to achieve? How are you facilitating your transaction cycle time given your goals for this coming year? And they just looked at us and said, wow, we had no idea law firms would think about this, let alone help us. And then when they saw our technology, they said, this is technology that was built for lawyers by lawyers. This is not technology that was built for the procurement department or some other department. It's built to facilitate the law department operations and their communications with their business units. And hearing that, because that is exactly what we're here to do, and that's what we're here to solve, is this challenge that law departments have. And hearing that from this particular client was just, I was beaming because I felt like this client articulated exactly what we were trying to achieve. That confirmation, so terrific. And the fact that you were asking business questions, you were asking about their business, you were asking about their challenges and really taking the approach of solving business problems or making improvements. How many folks in the litigation practice are really comfortable with that approach, coming in, talking about the client's business, and then really the business problems they're looking to solve or the improvements they're trying to make versus talking about the law. My team, the BC Exponent is co-led by myself and Chris Emerson, who's the chief of the practice economics group. We have some senior level people in addition to Chris and I on our 
team who live and breathe this stuff and are comfortable talking to anybody. But then who among our lawyers are comfortable talking about this? I think our lawyers are really focused on the idea of holistic legal service delivery and really solving all of the problems. What they also know is that we can help them do that. And so whether there's a comfort level of talking to their clients directly or talking to their clients and saying, hey, you know, I'd really like to introduce you to one of my colleagues. There's a fair degree of comfort because our lawyers know that we have this skill set. Great lead into our next question to hear your thoughts on how the changing market conditions have really affected the way you're doing business, leading these teams. And it's possibly it's the practice economics groups that is part of that, that is advising changing market conditions since 2008, probably caught up with professional services somewhere around 2011. How has that changed the way that you're doing business today? You correctly identified that our practice economics group as a firm, we capture our data very well and we capture it in a way that allows us really to, within a fair degree of accuracy, identify what we would need to be able to make a certain amount of margin on any given transaction. It's rare for our firm to say to a client, well, this is not predictable. We can't predict how much this would cost. And at the very least, we have ways to price matters in a way that gives comfort to everybody and also gives comfort to Brian Cave. It's a fair deal for Brian Cave. It's a fair deal for the client. How we do that is highly variable. And I do think that having alternative pricing is really critical. I also think recognizing that clients may need a combination of legal work from a Brian Cave with an LPO and recognizing that that kind of collaboration might be appropriate for a given situation and having the right teams in place to collaborate is important. And I also think just even, again, the internal collaboration, how can we make this as efficient as possible so that we can achieve the client's goals and get this work done through automation, through process and project management? And so I think part of it really is this notion of collaborating with other professionals to get the job done in a way that the client expects and for the price the client demands. Strong response. We're hearing that even in the last two and a half years since we started Love Foot, the acceptance and the need to be able to talk with clients about a budget for a particular matter, to talk about outcomes, to say, okay, these are your three choices. And you know, this is the potential outcome if we go these three different directions. And these are the associated estimated costs or actual costs in these three directions. And of course, the data is really helping with that. It used to be the in-house legal departments asking for the data to justify the bills. Now the law firms have the data because they need it to create the alternative fee arrangements. Katie, you're out there, you're looking at the market, you have an innovation role. So the expectation is that you are definitely ahead of many, many of our listeners, many in the legal space kind of looking at the market and what's next. In your view, what are you seeing that's truly innovative today in the legal services, in the legal environment? You know, I think that one of it is this increased awareness of legal operations and this concept of 
integrating legal advice into technology so that the law department can flow that advice as appropriate to their various business units. So for example, a lawyer advises on a contract term and says for your vendor contracts, you must have X language in your contract. The next step of that is how do we help the client actually ensure that that clause is actually included in all of the vendor contracts? What happens in an environment where the business units have a lot of freedom to enter into contracts and the lot of department really doesn't get in the middle of contracting by design or just by necessity. How do we facilitate that legal advice, help the law department make it easy for the business units, enter into contracts that are law department approved, and just make the entire system flow better so that they can do business better? And I really think that kind of thought you know, process where you're thinking, not just that I'm going to deliver legal advice to the client, but I'm going to help the client figure out a way to operationalize that legal advice. I think that's truly innovative. That idea that they can rely on their firms, their partner firms to help them with that versus having to build it themselves. And of course, as a law firm, you're seeing many clients that are challenged with the same change perspective, the same budget constraints, the same need for technology in-house. Great point. Katie, looking back, partner at two firms, obviously have had success. What advice would you have for that you know, senior associate that is really starting to work, have more client ownership, to really be out there talking with clients, you know, really building their practice? What advice would you have for them? I mean, I think one piece of advice I would say is get over the feeling of imposter syndrome if you have it. I talked to up-and-coming associates, and that seems to be a really big, it's almost like this mental hurdle people need to get over. I also think be really curious, you know, really ask questions. Don't think that there's a limit to how many questions that you can ask a client about their business. Clients want their lawyers to know about their business. Research it, research the industry, figure out what their objectives are from a business standpoint over the next 12 months, and then think really dynamically about how you as a lawyer can possibly help the lot of department achieve those business objectives. No, I have to say, I'm so glad imposter syndrome now has a name because I think we've all experiencing it for so long. And that curiosity is critical. And frankly, it makes you know work so much more enjoyable when you are really digging in and understanding your client's business. And believe me, most clients want to tell you, they want to talk about their business. What do you enjoy most about the work that you're doing? It's always been, regardless of whether I was a litigator or now, it's working with people in building something in a collaborative way. And when I say building something, I don't mean necessarily something tangible, maybe a new concept, maybe changing, shifting how the world acts, learning about new industries and thinking about what can we do to really change the way that industry works, how we help a client within that industry. I think really it is the curiosity and I like to learn new things and this job definitely enables me to do that. Katie, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Left Foot. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. For information on our podcast, our 12-session business development challenge, and our online business development coursework, visit leftfoot.com. It takes focus and thought to lead with the left foot. Until next time. Thank you.